Welcome to the Whole Mind Wellness Podcast, a show where you will learn strategies, tools, and insights to overcome life's challenges. Get ready to empower yourself and live the life you deserve with your host, Monica Pitek Fugetti, a licensed practicing and nationally certified counselor. Before we get started, I just want you to know that throughout this episode, you might hear some clicking noises in the background. I'm not sure what that is. It could be because I'm using my son's microphone. So the audio quality is lacking a little bit, but I just wanted to let you be aware of that. So with that said, welcome to the Whole Mind Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Monica Pitek Fijetti. So today I'm going to get a little bit personal with a subject that is near and dear to my heart and has affected my family and has affected my son particularly. I want to talk a little bit about ADHD and executive functioning. Executive functions are those functions in our brain that allow us to have impulse control, they allow us to have working memory, they allow us to be able to problem solve and time management and organization. There are several executive functions. When they all work properly, we are able to enter the world and experience life in a really lovely manner and it's age appropriate. We are able to understand social cues and we can control our impulses and everything is beautiful. However, when you have ADHD, executive functions are compromised. Not everybody with ADHD has the same compromised executive functioning. However, there are similarities. Now, the thing about ADHD is that it's an invisible illness, and the thing that we know about invisible illnesses is that if you look the part of a neurotypical person, people expect you to act in a neurotypical way. This is a challenge because people, and kids particularly with ADHD, who are going about their life with their peers, and they look just like their peers, but they act in ways that might be a little bit more inappropriate or impulsive, and they might find themselves getting judged by other children, other parents, teachers, educators, and in some cases, even family. I wanna talk a little bit about my experience with my own son with ADHD, and maybe it'll help any of you out there who may, might be experiencing ADHD yourself or might have a child or a loved one that is experiencing it. So let me just take a minute to define what ADHD is. ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And it's a neurobehavioral condition and it interferes with your ability to pay attention and exercise age-appropriate actions. So your inhibitions are lowered a little bit. So a person with ADHD can be inattentive or impulsive, hyperactive, or they can be both. The general diagnosis is ADHD. It used to be either ADD or ADHD, but now it's blended and and all diagnoses are ADHD. But when you have ADHD, your daily functioning is compromised a bit and it's difficult to do the things that other people your age are doing. So this can affect home, school, social life, really anything, work. It often presents itself 
when children start entering preschool, but it can it can become more apparent as they get older too. A lot of the misconception with ADHD is that, oh, well, they'll just outgrow it, right? Boy, I wish that was the case. But what a lot of parents who have children with ADHD experience is that they're not only not outgrowing it, but it's actually becoming more apparent as they get older. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but let me tell you a little bit why that is. There is a clinician who's pretty prominent in the ADHD field, and his name is Dr. Russell Barkley. And he's done a lot of research with ADHD, and he has this thing that he calls the 30% rule, which I think is a great way to to understand a little bit about what age-appropriate executive functioning level an ADHD person is at. So for example, if your child is 10, he has the self-control of about a seven-year-old. And if they're 12, he has a self-control of about an eight-year-old. The kicker is as they get older, that gap becomes even greater. And that is why that is why that as parents, you might notice that as your child's getting older, they're less and less acting what their biological age indicates that they should act. So it's because of this that th- this gap that it's so important to have action right away through resourcing, maybe some support groups. Therapy and counseling is really a great way, both for parents and for the child, to help with some of these executive functioning skills, mainly impulse control and focus tend to be the the most predominant ones. I used to wonder why my kid was never into sports at all. And to be honest, he might just not like team sports. I don't like team sports either. I like individual sports because I feel like I want to control the outcome. But it is interesting when we think about ADHD, if a if a kid's in a team sport at age 10, we'll say, their executive age is actually around an age seven, then they're going to act appropriate to a seven-year-old, which is completely inappropriate to a 10-year-old that should maybe be able to have the skills of losing well and not having temper tantrums or things like that. So I think that my kid learned very quickly that he doesn't match the other kids in the sports arena. And so he's taken himself out of that place. So all of the pushing that we tried to do, tried to do, I regret doing now. I just didn't know at that point that my kid was suffering from ADHD. It, it, it might be noted too, that we did, my husband and I, we did have a lot of uh, psychological and, and academic evaluations done to determine this ADHD diagnosis. So it is not something that we just decided to label him. He has an actual diagnosis of this. So in addition to sports, the same thing holds true if you're in a social setting with other kids that are 10, 11, 12 years old, however old you are. And you might find your child, if you have a, if you're a parent of a child with ADHD, because I know I found this, your child might be the one that's causing attention, the one that might be acting a little bit out of line, the one who got mad, so threw sand in one of his friend's faces, that's happened to me, well not to me, that's happened before. It's an impulse 
control situation. And if you are anything like me, when you have a child with ADHD, you're constantly on alert. And over the years, there's been enough feedback from educators, from other parents, from even family sometimes that have told me, your kid should act their age. They're 10 years old, they should know better. They're 12 years old, they should know better. They're eight, whatever, they should know better. Whatever it is, they should always know better. And so all of that input that I received over the years has made me hypervigilant to my surroundings to the point where sometimes I was at one point even afraid to have my kid play with other kids for fear that he might do something and then the parents wouldn't understand. Now, thankfully for me, I have a wonderful support network of friends and all of their kids are friends with my kid and they play lovely together and they all get out of line sometimes. And when my kid does, all of the parents can put him back in line and they know that it's not frowned upon. I really truly live in a village and I love my friends and I love my kids' friends. But there have, there have been times where the people that I would have thought would have supported my child and us the most ended up supporting him and us the least to the point where shame and judgment were put on him. And that is a very difficult situation to be in because you love the people who are placing this judgment and you understand that they just don't understand who your child is and they don't understand the difference between executive functioning age and biological age. But when people dig their heels into a narrative, it takes a lot of being humble to be able to step back from that and say I was wrong. There are situations in my life that I hope that the people that have judged us and my son in such a damaging way will come around to educate themselves and understand that maybe they just didn't know who my kid was. But that happens to a lot of people that I know who are parents of a, a child who's not neurotypical. And ADHD and other struggles and challenges that kids face when they are invisible, people expect more of them. And what I have found, and I'm sure a lot of parents have also found, is that there's not just judgment on my child, but there can be judgment on me and my husband as parents. And there has been before. There has been judgment around whether or not we're good parents, whether or not we're doing the right thing for our child, all from people who never sought to understand who my child really is and really got curious. So I really encourage you, if you know somebody with ADHD, get curious about it, understand what's going on. Kids don't wake up in the morning wanting to do bad things. Kids are good people. They're, they're not evil people. They're not, they're not people who should be labeled, judged, shamed, or in any way when they are children because it significantly damages their perception of themselves as they get older. When we are asking children to act in a behavioral manner that they don't have, it's a setup for failure because we're asking them to access a system that hasn't been developed for them yet. It's like trying to ask me, who has never taken calculus, to all of a sudden get straight A's in a calculus class. 
I don't have the skill set yet to be able to do that. And with ADHD, these children don't have the skill set to be able to act their biological age. And the more that we try to tell them that they should, the more they feel badly about themselves. And instead, helping them to strengthen the skills that they do have so that they can mature and develop these skills that we want them to have. Believe me, it's harder for an ADHD kid to live in their own head than it is for you to handle an ADHD kid. These poor kids, they go to school every day and they try their hardest to fit in the box and sit still and not cause any problems. But a lot of the times their impulses get the better of them or they can't focus or they're speaking out of turn. And then they get into middle school and high school and they are suddenly labeled the problem child or I don't think that's fair to do that at all. My kid has ADHD. My kid's executive age is about three to four years younger than his chronological ages. He has been judged by his chronological age and I don't fault anyone for doing that. I've done it before. But now that I know better, I do better, as Maya Angelou said. And if you're listening to this, then now you know better. And I hope that you do better when interacting with children who might have ADHD. The most important thing that we can do for children, whether you have ADHD or some other diagnosis or no diagnosis at all, is to meet them where they're at. Meet them at their executive functioning age, not their chronological age. So if you have a 10-year-old with ADHD, meet them at their 7-year-old executive functioning age. I hope you've learned a little bit about ADHD from this podcast. And if you are a parent with a child with ADHD, or if you know somebody with ADHD, I hope that this has helped you to understand a little bit better. My goal is to educate people who are unaware of the impacts of a challenged executive functioning skill set. Because I have been impacted before, my son has been impacted before, and so this is the best way I know how to educate the masses. Because the people who are going to want to buy what I'm selling will do it, and they will make changes in the way they interact, and the people that are stuck in their narratives won't. But I can't control any of that. All I can do is give the information. I am going to put a link in my show notes to an article. Um, I referenced some of the article in the podcast today, but there's some more really good information in there. And so I encourage you to go ahead and take a look at it. If you are at home trying to figure out how to manage your kid who has ADHD, I encourage you to get a support network in place. I encourage you to educate your friends and your kids friends, parents about ADHD, educate your family about it so that your kid doesn't walk into a situation being judged. It doesn't mean that they're not held to standards. And that is a, that's really important distinction. It doesn't mean that you don't have consequences for actions. It doesn't mean that you don't have expectations. What it means is that the expectations you may have for your kid might be different than what their biological age implies that you should have. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Whole Mind Wellness Podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions about future podcasts, feel free to email me at monica at wholemindwellness.com. 
I hope that everyone has a great day. And remember, you are worth the effort it takes to live an inspired life. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Whole Mind Wellness Podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star rating and review. You can follow Whole Mind Wellness on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening.